So, uh, without further ado, I wanted to introduce to you, we're a five-fold ministry church, right? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And I want to introduce to you one part of the five-fold, and that's Ron Campbell. So y'all give it up for Brother Ron. Good morning. Oh, man, you guys are here. That's good. Praise God. Father, we just thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit this morning. We thank you for ears to hear and eyes to see what the Spirit is saying and doing in this hour and time. We take authority, Father, over every single contradictory power and force that would enforce itself upon the hearts and minds of the saints. Right now, Father, we just release them from any form of condemnation, conviction, anything that's contradictory to your will and your word today would be released off them right now. The worries of the world, today I command you to loose the saints of the Lord. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Father, that there's provision made in heaven for every resource that you have placed right here. Every single person that's been called by the Spirit of God today, there's provision made for them for this time and this day and this age. And Father, we just thank you today that it's released in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're in a unique time right now. Since uh, a couple of weeks ago, since the declaration was made about the embassy moving to Jerusalem, I believe the clock began to tick. And these are the days of Elijah that we're in, where the hearts of the fathers will return to the sons. It's very evident to me there's wars, there's rumors of wars, and there's, peace, there's speaking of peace, 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 but yet there's war. So we're in that time. I believe that prophetic clock is ticking. I believe it's time now for us to understand what is happening. I spoke a couple of months ago and I said, what God does before He empowers something or before He imparts something, He always exposes something. And we've been going through a whole two years of exposure where things have come out and things are coming out and things are still going to come out. And what God's doing is just showing you the undercurrent of what's going on within our culture. We have become a self-centered, selfish, individual culture where it's more about the individual than it is about the corporate group and the corporate setting of man. And God has called us into a body united by the Spirit. We're one body, one mind, one spirit. Not a hundred bunch of individuals all going the same direction. We are one body, one mind, and one spirit. And that's what we need to start understanding. And I believe that God's going to allow us to be in the wine press until all this stuff is pressed off us and there's a blend of the Spirit comes out where we are blended together as a fivefold ministry group with a foundation of the church built on apostles and prophets. The enemy has had his day with the church. Spirit of deception came into the church on 9-11 when the blood of the innocent was poured out and it empowered a spirit of this nation, which I call this Prince of Liberty which brought power, power of fear into the church and fear into the hearts of men. And what has done since then is taken the church off track from what God has done and wanted to do and brought it into an individualistic culture. And we have lost sight. The book of Revelation speaks about it. We've lost our first love. And today when you go to church, you get a nice pat on the back message, but there's no power, no revelation, and there's no miracles happening. It's time and day now for the miracles of God to start pouring Himself, manifesting themselves. 
I meet with some prophetic guys, and there's two or three of us today that are hearing something different from what the rest of the cultural prophets are hearing. Don't forget what happened to the church in 9-11 is we became empowered by a political spirit. And you need to sit down and recognize if you are involved in that political spirit or not. Because listen, Jesus said his kingdom is not political. If he was there as a politician, he would have brought an army with him. But he didn't. Right? What did he say to Herod? It's exactly what he said to Herod. But I want to tell you something. There's a change taking place within the heart of the church. And you'll see there'll be a falling away in days to come. Don't be surprised. It's okay. Because let me tell you, as there are those falling away, there's multiples that are coming to the revelation of knowledge and wisdom of Christ. So I want to speak to you this morning prophetically about catapulting. Now, in the old days, back in the early centuries, when, the, when there was a siege around a city, they would build these things called uh, trebuchets, catapults where they'd put rocks in them and they'd put these caskets of um, oil and they'd set them on fire and they'd sling them into the city. God is getting ready to catapult us into a whole new dimension. And let me tell you, it's a free fall. Eh? It's not just something that you think, well, I'm, I'm going to be able to measure this. Once you start going, gravity is not going to stop you because the Spirit of God is going to catapult us into this new dimension. And let me tell you, there's going to be an outpouring of, of evangelistic revelation on the streets in America. I see our younger generation have been lost to social media. They've been entrenched in this stuff, and they've been trained by this stuff. And we've become boxed mentality. Our mentality is in a box, and that's why we're so easily controlled by media and by culture. But God wants us not to be controlled by the things of this world, because we're not part of this world. We're only passing through this world. right? We are ambassadors of grace. And you have a box in the cultural mentality. It's time for God to render you free of that. And I'm going to show you in Scripture how God does it. If that's okay with you. Uh, there's an anointing here this morning. So we're going to see what the Holy Spirit does. If you have your Bible with me, or your cell phone, or your Bible program. <laughs> Give me the book of Kings. First Kings. So for those of you who don't know where it is, Genesis, Exodus, Kings. Somewhere around there. And, and my Bible is page 496. <laughs> so, 1 Kings, yes. Chapter 19. This is where God instructed Elijah to go and find certain people and anoint them. Verse 19, so he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Safat. And while he was playing with 12 pair of oxen before him, and he with the 12, and Elijah passed over him and threw his mantle on him. He left the oxen, ran to Elijah and said, please let me kiss my father, my mother, then I will follow you. And he said to him, go back for what have I done to you? <clears throat> so he returned, followed him and took the pair of oxen, sacrificed them, boiled the flesh, and the implements of the oxen, and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he rose and followed Elijah and ministered to him. So this is kind of an interesting story. This is kind of a radical story of what I would call catapulting, transforming a guy by throwing a mantle on him. Don't forget, Elisha was about his business. What was he doing? He was farming. He was plowing. Here's the thing. 
You need to continue doing what you do. Continue to be faithful with plowing and sowing and working the ground that you work in. Because when the anointing is thrown upon you, let me tell you, it's going to change everything. The first thing it's going to probably do to you is what it did to him. It's going to change his economy. Because that moment when he put the mantle on him and the anointing hit him, no longer was he dependent what came from the ground. Because what he did is he took the implements and destroyed them and even the cattle and killed them, sacrificed them. Because he was so determined that what he would do is he would in future not depend on the earth, but he would depend on the one who anointed him. You see, you need to understand that we've become so dependent on the natural economy. That people think, well, I, if I don't have a job, I, I, I won't earn. Man, listen, if you start getting into what God has for you, if you continue to sow in the things that you call into, you start seeing God will bring a mantle upon you and your transformation will take place. You know what he did? He cut up everything. He destroyed it. He went to his family, kissed him goodbye, and he walked. That's hard to do. And many of us are bound by our family, by our heritage, by our culture. And we can't go after God because we're bound and held back by our religious traditions. And we, we're restrained by these things. I've met so many people, they said, I don't believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Why not? Well, my parents don't believe in them. Well, then it's time for you to probably walk away from what they believe. Cut that umbilical cord and walk away. Start getting your own belief. Start sowing into the things God's called you to. So that you can experience the transformation from a natural culture to a spiritual culture. We've been called out of this world, right? When you gave your life to Christ, you died to self. You don't belong to yourself anymore, am I right? The title of your life is not in your name anymore, it's in Jesus' name, right? And so why do we hold so strongly onto the world? I, I, I had to rebuke somebody the other day on Facebook when they made a political statement. And I just thought to myself, you know what? Your head is so far in the ground. I know you think I was going to say something. <laughs> that you're so blind you can't see. That you're captivated by a political spirit. And what you're saying is not true. It's a lie. It's not the truth. And our nation right now is permeated with lies. Media, when you watch media, advertisement. Get yourself this because it will help your life. All the stuff that we go through on a day, the stuff you subject yourself to is the stuff that's penetrating you in your life. It's the stuff that's holding you back from being able to walk in the fullness of the Spirit. Right? Last year, there was something like $165 billion spent on plastic surgery. Why? Because we're aging. <laughs> well, from the day we're born, we begin the death process. <laughs> we spend money on stuff that has no value. You know why? Because we, we're seduced by media. Instead of sowing into what we're going to get ready to do, he was sowing into the field with a 12 yoke. It's a rather prophetic picture right there. It's a picture that marries with the 12 apostles. It's a picture that marries with the disciples. It's a picture that marries prophetically to the fullness of the kingdom. And he was sowing into that. And when the day came, when the mantle came upon him, he destroyed what he was dependent on so that he could start depending on something different. Until you get to the place where you're not dependent on the world system anymore, the world can do nothing to you. 
I've shut all my TVs down. I have no TV and no cable. I'm sick and tired of living to, uh, listening to rubbish. I'm sick and tired of listening to this one accuse that one. I'm sick and tired of this one accusing that one and accusing that one. And then they themselves being accused. And the things they're accusing somebody else of is in their life. I'm tired of listening to vomit. There was a couple of years ago where um, Rick Joyner wrote a book called The Quest. And what he said, he saw the church. that people had demons on their back were vomiting on them. And the people were eating the vomit and they were becoming full with that stuff that the enemy was vomiting on them. That is happening right now in our culture. That is happening right now. And I cannot understand the fact that you and I are full of the Spirit and we would allow that stuff in our lives. We have an entrance point, our, eye gate, our eyes are a gateway, our ears are a gateway. And what you allow yourself and subject yourself to actually affects you. It, it, it permeates your body. You wonder why we're so sick. Revelation says it best. We've lost our first love. This is what he says to the church in Revelation. He says, I know that you are the seat of Satan. I know that you're the throne of Satan. I know that you're the tabernacle of Satan. This is to the churches he's speaking. The, the, uh, the seven spirits of the church. He's speaking in the book of Revelation. What is, what is Jesus calling out in the seven churches? He says the, that you're the seed of Satan. I thought we were the seed of Christ. Hello? Well, what is it saying? It's saying that somewhere along the line there's been a perversion. Somewhere along the line that we have become the throne of Satan. That who's not ruling on our hearts is not Christ but something else. And I'm not saying it's necessarily the devil. It could be philosophy. It could be culture. It could be politics. Right? It could be the things that have no earthly value that are now on the throne. And the tabernacle, the place that you worship, doesn't necessarily mean the church. could mean your hobby. could mean your relationships. could mean something else. This is what the Holy Spirit is speaking to the seven spirits of the church, saying, these things I have against you. That you tolerate Jezebel. Hello? So I'm saying to you today, these are the days of Elijah where the hearts of the sons are going to return to the Father. And the heart of the Father is going to return to the sons. I want to share this with you truly, but saying this to you. I believe it's time for the sons of Issachar to come forward to know the movings of the Lord in the temple of the Lord. This is the hour where we as the saints of God need to understand the timing that we're in. Why is that? Because the world has no clue. They have no clue. We, we live in a lost world. These people are lost. Drug addiction is at its highest. Families have been torn apart by divorce. Bankruptcies are taking people out. Companies are plundering the finances and the wealth of the people. And it's become acceptable because, oh, well, it's America. It's, you know, the, the great American dream. We can do it. Companies are welcome to make a profit. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay with you. It's not okay with me. I think, I think we are entitled to decent things in our culture. I think we're entitled not to have to pay blood for everything that we own. Because basically, at the end of the day, if you have a house, you don't own it. The bank does. You know, we should be entitled to some form of good health care without having to pay through our nose and give up your inheritance to pay multiple companies to give you some form of protection that you have to pay for anyway. Plus, you have to pay a copay, plus, you have to pay all this other rubbish. I mean, come on, people, it's ridiculous. 
When are we going to wake up? When are we going to pay attention as a church? I love the fact that Elijah went because Elijah knew that his time was coming to an end. So God sent him to Elisha, put the mantle on him. Immediately when the mantle of the Holy Spirit came on Elisha, his whole perspective changed. Yes, he was faithful with what he was doing at the time. He was sowing, he was planting, he was a farmer. Because he was dependent on what went into the ground to provide for him. But the day the mantle came, he ran to the prophet and said, Wait for me, I'm going to go and fix things up back home. I'm going to take care of stuff. I'll be with you. And the guy said, What have they done to you? I don't need you. You look at the whole journey that Elijah and Elisha walked together. Elijah tried to palm him off into Jericho. He tried to palm him off into Bethel. Even at the Jordan, he said to him, what do you want from me? He said, when you go, I want your mantle. How did he know he was going? Because the sons of Issachar anointing was him. He knew the timing of the Lord. He knew the comings and goings of the Lord. He knew that this was the time for Elijah to be taken up in the chariot. And all the other prophets around there, you read the story, they said, well, maybe he's an old man. He fell off the chariot. He could be in the mountains somewhere. Tarry here until we go and find him. <laughs> See how the world tries to impact and affect the prophetic revelation of the church? Oh, well, we don't really believe he went. He was taken by the Lord. Hold on yeah, We'll go and look for him in the mountains and see if we can find him. These are the other prophets that saw him go. Hello? I believe we're going to start seeing demonstrations of the Spirit in the sky. Because that's what happened a lot of times. There was always demonstrations of the Spirit in times of God. When Elisha himself opened up the eyes of his servant, what was there? A demonstration. The army of the Lord encamped around about his enemy. It's time. But the problem is, will the church be able to see the sign when it comes? Will we recognize? We've already had some signs. We've got some signs right now, people. Weather. Look at the weather patterns. Right? Look at the wars going on in all diverse places. Most of the wars that are done today are all done for financial profit. They're not done because of morality. They don't fight a moral war anymore. It's all about, well, hold on a second. These guys got oil. We want the oil. Huh? So we have a lot of corruption and things we're dealing with in this world because the enemy is bringing this thing to a head. And we, the church, are caught in the middle of this deal. And we have a generation that we're responsible for in this age. But the church is asleep. Are you guys okay? So, Elisha went home, kissed his parents goodbye and said, I'm out of here. Ta-ta. When will we see you again, son? You'll probably catch me on FaceTime or maybe on Facebook. He was out. He cut off and left. You know, when God called me years and years ago, and the word came that I was coming to America, I had so much. I had a massive business. I had a plethora of friends. I had a beautiful house. I had multiple cars. I had servants. I had everything I wanted. My dreams came true. But the minute that mantle of God hit me to come to America, I became dissatisfied with what I had. It wasn't enough. It didn't fulfill me. It wasn't good enough. My wife said to me, what's wrong with you? Why are you so restless? I said, I don't want to get out of here. I just want to get to where God wants me to go. I didn't even think of the consequences. When I came to America, it was summer in Africa, and it was winter. Yeah, I didn't even think of clothing. I came here in summer clothing. 
Landed in New York in the eight foot of snow on the ground, and I got shorts and a t-shirt on and flip-flops. Oh, I didn't even think this thing. My kids didn't have winter clothing. I didn't even think about that. Why? Because my heart was so to get with where God was taking me. I didn't think of the consequences. I didn't think of the journey. I didn't think of anything. And then the journey opened up for Elisha. When he left his parents and he went with Elijah, the first place they went to was Jericho. A place called Bitter Water. Right? They could do no miracles there together. There was the two of them together. They could do no miracles together. And Elijah said to him, man, listen, stay behind you and help these people. Uh-uh, I'm going with you. And then they got to Bethel, which is the house of bread, which is the church. Stay behind. These people need you. No, 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 I'm going with you. And he went across the Jordan. He said, I want to be there when your mantle falls. Why? Not only did he have his anointing, but he wanted the mantle of the Lord. Listen, the type of Elijah I'm speaking about here is the Holy Spirit. Because there's going to come a day when the Spirit's going to take the church out. We may go out in a chariot. I don't really know. But the Bible says we're going out in a cloud. I don't know if we're going out permanently or we're coming back. I don't really care about that. All I need to know is while we're here, what are we doing? Are we continuing to sow? The, the church is so in debt. People are so in debt. They can't give. Where's CJ? CJ. I got a phone call from Jesse the Planters. He said, when he gets $65 million plane, he's going to give you his other one. We have guys today that are evangelists that are buying airplanes to fly around the world for billions of dollars. To, what for? Is there something wrong with that, people? There are people dying and starving, and guys are buying billion-dollar jets for what? We're sick. We're consumers. The world has turned us into consumers. And in the church, we've become spectators. Right? But we're going to stand before the Lord one day and give an account. What did you do with the talent I gave you? Well, you know, I buried it because, you know, we serve a real cruel God, man. I, you know, I had to bury it because, you know, I didn't want to lose it. Am I, am, I, am I right or am I wrong? I'm just sharing the gospel with you. This is not my own story. You know? Don't worry, CJ, you're not going to get the jet. You don't, you don't need it. The Holy Spirit's going to take you by the Spirit. You don't need the jet. If you could take Philip, and if you could take Elijah, outrun Ahab to Jezreel, he could take us by the Spirit to places we need to go. We don't need man's tools. We don't need man's equipment. We have the toolbox of the Holy Spirit that can take us wherever we want to go. It's time for you, the church, the sons of Issachar, to start knowing the movement and the time and the flow and the ebb of where the Spirit of God is going and what He's doing. Because when you get into that economy, when you get into God's economy, everything is provided for. You won't have to coerce or try and sell and do and make it work or manipulate it. It will work. When you come to a place and there's no provision for you and there's no place for you and people don't receive you, dust your feet and walk. If your family don't receive you, dust your feet and walk. They'll deal with God. You deal with what you need to deal with. So the Lord's getting ready and what he did with this guy by putting the mantle on him is he catapulted him 
out of his natural circumstance into a heavenly circumstance. And only once Elisha came back across the Jordan did he have power. Because there was a second impartation that took place. It was when the mantle of Elijah fell on him, the whole mantle moved to him. The whole power. Now listen, what I'm trying to say here. In the natural, the day that you get born again, there's a gifting and a spirit of God released on you. Right? And then there's multiple infillings of the spirit on you. Some people don't believe that. But there is. This is what happened with this guy where there was another infilling that took place. Now he had not only the giftings that he had, but the power of this other grace that came upon him. And when he walked across and he got to Bethel, right? Now he first went to Jericho. What did he do? He put salt in the water and he cleared the water up. He put salt in the word and cleansed the word. The second place he went to, where little boys came down and they teased him, he called out some bears and they tore the children up. That's time for bears, people. It's time for us to see the manifold power of God work in the streets of God. Because let me tell you, people are not convinced with the condition of the church. People have no respect for the kingdom. If people can tag a building and say, burn it down, you have to understand there's tremendous animosity and hatred towards God and His people. And those people need to have an encounter with God in the biggest kind of way. Why? It's because they have no respect for God. There's no honor. There's no, hum there's no humility. There's no, there's no expectation of God doing anything. I watched a video the other day where a pastor was challenged by an atheist to come to university and give a talk about uh, there is no God. And this atheist went on for 20, 30 minutes ranting and raving about how there wasn't a God. And this pastor got up and on a whiteboard drew a circle. And he says, in this circle pertains to everything that's ever been revealed and everything we ever know. Technology and everything else is in the circle. Do you agree? And the guy said, yes. And he drew a little line and he crossed out and said, that's really what we know, really. Could it be possible that in the rest of the circle, what we don't know, what we don't know, is there is a God? And the guy said, yes. See, people, we can say there isn't a God. We can say all the stuff we want to. But the word is very clear. There's coming an accounting. There's coming a day and a time. And the time is now and is here for us to stand up and start walking in the grace that God has called us to. Elisha walked in great power. This was one of the prophets that did more miracles than any other prophet in the Old Testament. Apparently they say there was 33. And I think Elijah did 16, but he did 33. And how come there was 33? He did the double amount. There was 32 when he was alive and one when he was dead. When they put a dead man in the, in the grave and the, dead, the bones touched the dead man, the dead man rose up. If there's, if there's enough power in your bones when you're dead to raise the dead, that's a miracle, man. There's not even enough power today in the living to raise the dead. I believe God's getting ready to catapult us out of the stagnation that we're in. And there's a process. We need to keep on doing and sowing and planting and doing what we're doing until the time when the mantle falls on us that we can start doing what God's called us to do. You know, to do things in your natural power and natural flesh is okay. It's good. I was having a discussion with a guy one day and we were talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He said, well, what do, why do I really need it? I said, because you can read the Bible in its current form, and it'll be a lot of good stories. 
But you need the Holy Spirit to uncover the revelation behind the word. Otherwise, you're just going to read a story. And it's going to be a story. And there's not going to be anything in it. And what you're going to do is you're going to give psycho mumbo jumbo to people to try and help them. You're going to create a self-help program rather than a spirit-driven, spirit-led program to set the captives free. We need the Spirit of God to reveal to us the hidden mysteries of the kingdom, the hidden mysteries of the Word. You know, I was saying to a friend of mine the other day, he said, why are you so hidden? I said, I'm waiting like Daniel for the day when God will uncover me and take me to the place I need to go and speak His Word. Are you content with that? Well, not really, but that's what it is. I can go out and try and do something in the flesh and I'm not going to accomplish anything so I may as well just sit here and wait for God to bring me in the right time into the right place and the right people and I've experienced multiple times where that's happened but the truth of the matter is the fact that you guys are sitting here today is just evidence of the word of the spirit of God that was given to Harold and Mary Lee years ago that they would have a place where men and women would come and be restored and men and women would be raised up and trained and equipped for the gospel. And they would go from this place to multiple nations of the world. That God is raising up a prophetic generation in this house. That God is raising up worship as the healing pattern for what He's getting ready to do in the last days. Because let me tell you, worship always goes before the presence of the Lord. When God, when the Israelites went against the enemy, they always sent the worshippers in. By the time the soldiers came, the battle was done. You need to understand, we are, we are a worshipping generation. And worship is our weapon. We can come in behind and we can declare and speak and that's great. But worship is the powerful weapon. What it does, and this is what God's doing in this, in this wine press thing. He's bringing a blend of the apostolic and prophetic, of the blueprint and the revelation of God, how to unpack the blueprint and how it's going to come. It's going to open up worship. That's going to activate and touch the heart of God. That's going to bring God down to touch us and to reveal himself to us. I, I love the fact that Paul was sitting in prison after he'd been beaten and brutalized and he started to worship the Lord. And what happened? An earthquake came. God was in the earthquake. Don't you want to see some of that? I have a friend in Pakistan. His name is Kaya Essen. He was a Muslim cleric. And the Muslims, the Arabic Muslims said to him, we want you to research uh, this prophet Jesus and tell us about him and tell us how we can stop the message of this prophet Jesus. So he got in the books and he started to study about Jesus and he had a personal face-to-face -face encounter with the Lord. And he was converted. And the Lord spoke to him and said, I'm sending an earthquake. I want you to get a warehouse. I want you to pack it full of food and groceries and supplies because you'll be the only one left when the earthquake comes. And I think it was about 10, 12, 15 years ago there was an earthquake. Christian group went out and they went to tear down the goddess Diana of heaven and they did all the stuff and the enemy retaliated by sending an earthquake to this region and killed 14,000 people and all the Muslim clerics fled and what actually happened was this he was the only man that could provide food and medical needs and supplies to all the Muslims what did he do? he led them to the Lord by the droves I'm telling you, you need to hear me. God is sending an earthquake to America.
And it's not going to be an earthquake like shaking the ground. Kind of. It's going to be another one. It's going to be a different earthquake. He's going to send an earthquake to this country that's going to shake what we depended on and what we worship. And that could be our economy. And if you do not have an understanding of God's economy, you're going to be in a situation. So I want to encourage you today as a Spirit-led Christian, you understand that God said He sent you the Holy Spirit who's an advocate. You have a legal team that works with you. When you wake up in the morning, you engage your legal team, your advocate, your Holy Spirit, and let Him guide you and lead you through the day. And He's there. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. He will be in you and He will be with you. So no matter what happens in culture, storms, rain, thunder, lightning, fires, we have an advocate who could lead us and direct us in all truth. We need to tune our ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. Because why? Because He's getting ready to catapult us out of this natural realm into a supernatural realm that we can walk as we were called to walk. Now you may be sitting here saying, well, I'm not really called to do that. I'm called to do this. Let me tell you, if you're here today, the Spirit of God brought you here. You're not here because you had nothing else to do. You're here because the Holy Spirit compelled you to come. And He drove you to come here today so that when you came here, you could hear something that could activate your spirit. So you could start thinking on God, what is it that you've called me to do? Because let me tell you, to each one is given a gift. Everyone that is sitting here today has a gift. And it is time for you to find out how that gift works. And start activating that gift. And start functioning in that gift. And don't be afraid because let me tell you, the world is afraid of you. I walked in a bank one day, and there's a man standing in front of me, and he turned around and looked at me, and he ran out the bank. And I said to her, I didn't do anything. She said, I know. She said, that man's a real wicked man. She knows who I am because we bank with that bank. And she knows our ministry. She said, the man's a wicked man. What does he do? He owns the strip clubs up the road here, and he's got all those young women stripping for him. I was standing behind him, and the presence of God touched him. He ran out the bank. I don't know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I wish I could have said something. I didn't. I just looked at him, he looked at me and he, pew, gone. I thought, well, I don't know what that, I just wanted to check, maybe I stepped in something. The man ran out, why? Because something touched him. See, you carry the potential in you to touch something. And where, where you are in this world is because God has you there so that He can train you and equip you and teach you how to engage your life in the Spirit. You know? He puts you in circumstances. Not because He dislikes you, because He wants to expand the capacity in you to understand Him, to know Him, and how to function in Him. He wants to catapult you out of the natural realm into the supernatural realm. I want to wait one day when I can walk through a hospital and clean that hospital out and put them in bankruptcy. I'm being honest with you. I would love to see doctors out in the mission field helping people for nothing. That's what the Hippocratic Oath is about, which they've all forgotten about. Yeah. Give their Porsches away and all their big money away and start really ministering to the people. I want to see the day when politicians come under the conviction of the Holy Spirit and do something for the people, not for the corporations. I want to see the day when politicians will stop lying to the community and start telling the truth. It's going to happen. I've been there. I've seen them. I've sat with them. I've talked with them. I've been in the community of those guys. And I know the conviction of God that hits those people. I've prophesied to them. I've seen the prophetic word that I've spoken to them come to pass. 
I told one man one day, if you continue like this, you go to jail. And a couple of years later, the man went to jail. Politician and all. So you have to understand, the word of the Lord is in you. And when you're in the streets, the word of the Lord is in you. And the word of the Lord travels with you. And it goes with you to wherever you go. You don't need to be afraid. Just make sure you've got the word of the Lord. Is this boring? I'm trying to, I'm trying to encourage you guys to, to come up to a much higher level. Let me tell you. When God catapults you out of your natural circumstance into His presence, whoo, man. I was in a meeting in Maryland one day. There was a whole group of very wealthy, well-known people. And this one lady said, when God's presence moves, where will I be? And I said, you will be at His feet. And she said, oh, thank you. That's so beautiful. I want to be at His feet. A week later, she passed away. But she knew that she's going to be at his feet. I don't know why she passed away. I think she had a dental problem, blood clot or something. But the bottom line is, God knows your time and your timing. And sometimes he gives you a word. Sometimes he gives you a sign. Sometimes he just says, hey, it's time for you to start doing something now. Don't look over your shoulder and turn to pull of salt. Don't look back. You know, we tend to look back. We blame the world and our problems on our ancestry. You know, the day that you received Christ, your DNA was changed. The Holy Spirit came in you. He gave you a new DNA. When those things come visit you from your DNA, from your ancestry, you say, hey, look, I don't know who you are, but I'm not part of you. I'm part of the DNA of Christ. You've seen that video on laminin. I've got laminin in me. The protein molecule that holds your body together, which looks like a cross. Jesus holds this world together. You work for the chief architect of this world. The chief engineer of this world. is You're his son. And if you're a girl, you're also his son. Because you're the firstborn among many. It's not based on gender. Because you're a woman, doesn't excommunicate you out of the presence of the kingdom of God. That's messed up. What people teach. We're, we're excommunicating half of the body of Christ by saying women aren't supposed to function. I think Jesus had a bunch of women around him, didn't he? The guys were all out doing their thing, fishing and hunting and all that stuff. What was the woman doing? They were washing his feet. Come on, man. And that's just the funniest thing. Revelation, intercession, always comes to the woman first. Why? It's because their hearts are open. Women are conceivers and they're birthers. Men are not. Most times when a good move of God comes, it normally starts through a woman. You look back, Catherine Coleman, Amy Simple McPherson. You look back at uh, Violet Kitely and some of the well-known names. The move of God came to certain places because of a woman had this experience and God catapulted her into the forefront. Right? There's great women that we know in history that have moved the church. It's coming. Don't allow your prejudice against woman to affect what the Spirit of God is going to do. Because I'm telling you, women conceive the nature and the purpose of God and the understanding of God. And they start declaring and start speaking it. And they nurture it through prayer like a mother does to a baby. And they feed it and they pray over it. And they purpose it. And then eventually God births it. And then everybody experiences it. I'm calling today, I'm calling today the woman of destiny. In this church to start to start conceiving 
what God's getting ready to do in this place. I believe God wants to break the spirit of poverty over the city and over this church. I believe God wants to make this a city of gold, where the gold will flow in the streets. Because the gold is the Lord's. Everything that belongs to God is, is His, it's not ours. We're just renting it from Him while we're here. But I want to tell you, I'm telling the woman today, it's time for you to conceive in dream. It's time for you to conceive a move of God. The enemy's had enough time shutting you woman down. And you've been abused and you've been mistreated by the world and even by your husbands and by family. It's time now that that cultural mess breaks. It's time that the abuse and seduction of the next generation, the sex trafficking is broken. I, I just say in Jesus' name that it shall not take place here. The violent crimes that take place in the city, I speak the spirit of murder and death that came from the Prince of Liberty. I command you to break your power over the youth and the innocent of this city. I declare to you today in Jesus' name, the blood of Jesus is against you. The hour and the time is here for the saints of the Most High to rise up and to get a revelation of what God is doing in this hour because God is about to move upon His church in a brand new way. There's going to be an outpouring like you have never seen. And all these big names are going to wonder how come they were left out. They were left out because of arrogance and pride. But God's going to come visit the humble. And it's time for the humble to rise up in their most holy position that God's called you to. I don't care what your culture is. I don't care if you're Spanish or Portuguese or German or Dutch. None of you are separated from the presence and the love of God. Every single one of you need to come into the fullness. I declare today, even today, that God would burn with fire shot up in your bones. And the prophetic word would rise up within you. As you stand in Walmart and in different places, that the Spirit of the Lord would come through your mouth and would speak. And like we did with Moses, would shake Herod and Pharaoh and everybody else involved. Every single kingdom that stands today before this kingdom will shake and will fall. But the kingdom of God will stand. God is getting ready to catapult this church into something tremendous. There's been a hold back on, on properties. Properties have been withheld from you. I break that control and domination today. God is going to send the word to the wealthy and convict them in their beds and say, give it up in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. It's time. As sons of Israel, this is the time. It's time now that the poverty is broken in the, in the, in the ability of the saints. It's time now that you walk to the fullness of everything you need to accomplish the call. The homeless and the street people will come into a knowing understanding of God, be filled with the Spirit. And God will establish them. God will go in the hospitals and break the power of the spirit of death and cancer. Addictions. Just break them in Jesus' name. We have the authority. It's been disgusting the way the enemy has just ruled and reigned and taken the people and destroyed them. And the children... It's time. I'm calling it in right now in Jesus' name. That God would catapult this church into the forefront of a move of God in this city. And whoever stands against what, uh, what God's doing, God will stand against them. God will stand against your enemies. You don't have to defend yourself. God will defend you. He'll be your righteous right hand that will defend you at the right time. I'm declaring to you today what God is getting ready to do in the city. What God's getting ready to do with you in the city. 
It's time right now where the spirit of poverty is going to be broken, where the inheritances of some of your people has been held up through the spirit of greed. It's been broken today and your inheritance will be released to you in Jesus' name. As God puts His mantle upon you, as you've been faithful to sowing in the place that you're sowing in, God's going to open up the doors and anoint you and you'll be able to cut up all that stuff, destroy the dirty old flesh that's been pulling your cart and you'll be following what God is doing by the Spirit. You'll be following the Holy Spirit as He leads you and directs you into your promise. It's time. It's time. Where's Kylan? Kylan, where are you? Bring him out there. Kylan, listen, the Spirit of the Lord is telling me today when you're talking to me, yeah, the prophetic anointing is on you, my son. It's time for you to start writing the song that God has put in your heart. Okay, the time has come. And you're going to go to the nation with this music, the sound that God's doing, because there's a prophetic sound. There's an army getting ready to march. And you're going to be one of those guys walking before the army of God, like the sons of Issachar. The anointing is going to be upon you. And you're going to say, but God, who's going with me? God says, don't worry, I'm sending ten with you. But God, we don't have the resource. God says, I've already got it planned. I've got it set up. It's going to happen. You need to sit down, press in, and start writing what God's put in your heart to do. And God's going to change your economic strata. He's going to take you out of the battle pain that you've had with poverty and bring you into a place that's wide with expanse and provision. So I want to just tell you today, that you are tethered to this house. You are tethered to this leadership. Because this leadership has been the ones that have poured time and effort and energy into you. And you'll always know that this is the place that you began. Because God is going to do something new with you in this coming day. In Jesus' name. And CJ and Samantha, just stand up. I want to just declare to you. Okay, this is your home. And you won't leave here. But you're going to go to the nations. With the sound that God's put in your voice. When I look at you, I look at the Pied Piper. And as you play the sound through the tubes, right, through your instrument, God's going to bring the lost and the broken and the wounded into the fullness of the kingdom. And there's going to be multiples and multiples of millions of kids attributed to you who have led them to the Lord. You're going to be the man that's going to change people's destiny. I lead today a prophetic anointing on you and your wife. In Jesus' name, I just declare... By the power of the Holy Spirit today that the anointing of the prophet is upon you and the mantle of God is upon you. And there where you have lack, God says, it's time for you to start calling in the provision that I prepared for you beforehand. I release the anointing on you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. The enemy can do what he likes, but he doesn't have power over God's people. Diane. I know your hubby's downstairs, but I'm praying for you together. So, Father, I just thank you today. The weapon that you forged against this woman and her husband today is broken. And the divisions that try to come against their household is broken. And I thank you today, Father, for rest and peace and joy in this season. Lord, that a supernatural provision comes upon them, that there will be more than enough to help them with the ministry that you've called them to. There's been lack up to now, but God says, I'm getting ready to tap a well and to open up a well of provision. So, Lord, I thank you today. Today, Father, for the, the battle to end and the fatigue to be gone in Jesus' name. I release the anointing on you right now. Thank you. I want to encourage some of you people. I want to encourage you. You say, well, I don't have a ministry. Well, let me tell you, downstairs there's a bunch of kids. And there's a bunch of need downstairs. There's a bunch of you guys here that you want to start... 
plowing in a field, I want to I encourage you to take your plow downstairs and go and plow and sow in that downstairs thing there. They need people like you. But I, I don't want to miss church. You're not missing church, man. You're the church. You are the church. You're not missing church. You're here. This is the church. We're the church. You may be missing the building, but you're downstairs sowing to the rest of the body of Christ. It's time. It's, I mean, listen to me. Um, everyone wants this great evangelistic ministry out there. I want to be like Kerry Job. I want to go and sing to the multitudes. If you can't sing to the kids, you can't sing to the multitude. If you cannot steward your brother's heart, how are you going to change a city? If you can't take care of your brother that has need, how are you going to take care of a city that has need? You have to start there before you can go there. God's not going to catapult you from there to there if you've not been faithful in that. It's time for us as a church to become militant in the thing of the Spirit. It's time for the church to become militant, to set the captive free. There are people today that the enemy's drawn out of the church through corruption and through drugs and through addictions and different things. They shouldn't be leaving the church addicted. They should be leaving the church filled with the Spirit. We need to get around them. If you cannot steward your brother's life, how are you going to steward a city? It's time for us to start at ground floor. It's time for us to find the lost and the wounded and broken and work with them. I don't have time. Make time. It's time for us to start writing revelations and dreams and visions and start speaking those things into existence. We're the intercessors. All the intercessors just stand. When you stand, I want to declare something to you today. Intercession in this house is going to change. It's going to change from asking God for what you need to getting with the prophetic word that God has spoken and declare Him and bring into remembrance what He said He's going to do and to hold that before Him like the woman did before the judge. That's where intercession is going to come in. It's going to change from the need-based purpose to the kingdom-based purpose. Whereas we, God, we need a miracle. No, you don't need a miracle. You need the God of miracles. What we need is we need to start getting in what God has spoken prophetically and start declaring that and bringing it into remembrance with Him. So I declare right now, Father, that there's a catapulting of the prophetic anointing on these intercessors as they pray, not only just for the purposes of God, for families, but for the lost and for the wounded and for the broken. Lord, that they have dreams and visions and revelations in the night as you pour out your Spirit upon them. I thank you, Father, today that there will be no lack in this house for money, for healing, for provision, for taking care of the broken and the wounded. That, Father, the bounty will be so big that they won't be able to cope with the blessing that you're pouring out. The clothing that will be given, the food that will be given, the, the, the men and women who will come into this place, Lord, who have technical abilities and skills to build houses and repair houses and do those kind of things, plumbing, electrical work, who can go out into the community and touch this community, Father. I pray today for a workforce to come forth in this church. Like even, Father, even Moses had to stop the people from giving because the bounty was so big. I pray today, Father, that the bounty will be big in this house. And you will even sow into other churches because the bottom line is they are themselves going through a hardship. And I believe the, the apostolic anointing that's on Pastor Harold will affect the leadership of the church in this city. Where men in the past have been against you and seen you as a competition, they will not see you as a competition any longer. They'll see you as a brother. So I just declare today. 
In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Are we good on time? The sons of Issachar time. Oh, I believe the Lord's getting ready to catapult us out of religion into relationship. Religion stinks, it kills. Religion's judgmental. Religion discriminates between race groups and cultures and male and female. Religion is a vile thing. Religion does not accomplish the purpose of God. It is actually contrary to the purpose of God. Religion is what crucified Christ. But I want to tell you today, God is going to bring the spirit of healing into this church. And I know there's multiples, if not, I can't prophesy over every single one of you, but I'm, I'm speaking a corporate word to you right now. I'm telling you, get ready. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. I hear the sound of an outpouring so profound that people will come from other places to look and to see what the model is that you've done here. How did you get this to happen? But it's not going to be where there's been a control mechanism put in place to control the purpose of God. It's going to be something where you're going to hold it like this and the Holy Spirit's going to move. And I do believe there will be fire that will come. The fire baptism, people will be baptized in fire. Because you know what? Sometimes we need to determine what the works are. Are they wood, hay, or stubble, or are they made of pure gold? Sometimes we go through the fire to reveal what the work is that we're doing. And it's not because God uh, doesn't like you. It's because God wants to purify you. And He wants to bring you to the fullness of the Spirit. He wants to make you more like Christ. So that the world will say that those people truly are Christ-like. I can't believe when nobody wanted me, those people wanted me. And that's what I want to hear. That's what I want to hear when the lost come in and say, I can't believe that you guys want me. And they come in and they find healing because the spirit of rejection has broken them, but they'll find acceptance and repentance here. And they'll walk out of here one day restored knowing who they are in the Lord. That is the purpose and the calling of the saints. That's the equipping of the fivefold ministry. The church became corrupted by this prince of liberty that came in. And if you don't know what it is, get my book. It's on Amazon. Page 119, 11. It says, it speaks about it there. God distinctly showed me my first year in America that a battle in this church is not against religious business. It's a principality called liberty. Something that tries to give you freedom through a law versus something that gives you freedom by the Spirit. And yes, it may be offensive to you if you... I mean, I'm not trying to come against your patriotism. I'm just trying to tell you patriotism is the spirit of religion. Yeah. I lost a lot of friends in the war so they could get a flag. That's sad that you would give your life for a piece of cloth. I'd rather give my life for the gospel. You know, if they want to take my life, take it. You want to shoot me for the gospel, let me just preach Jesus and you shoot me and that's fine. I'm, I'm okay. I'm good. You want to see what I'm saying? Our values is, are screwed up. Huh? If you get offended with me, forgive me. You have to understand I'm a foreigner. <laughs> I was going to say a word, but I better shut my mouth because I would offend you if I said it. Whew. Man, are you okay? Are you guys okay? Yes. Do you hear what I'm saying today? Yes. Some of you do. The others don't. It's okay. Thank you, Jesus, for the power of the Holy Spirit. I know the Lord is getting ready to do something with each and every heart here and every life here. Yeah. The lady with the black with the little cross on you, thing, magic, yeah. 
You know, you have a creative anointing on you. And uh, I don't know where life has brought you and what it's given you. But I know there's a spirit of disappointment on you because the things you'd planned in your earlier days are not the things that you're in now and where you've accomplished. But I believe God's getting ready to catapult you out of where you find your disappointments. And pain, pain was the thing that brought you to this place in your life where you find yourself today. Your disappointment, betrayal, and pain, those things that all go together. But I just want to break the power of that enemy that tried to uh, wound you and destroy your life. I thank you today. I just release you from a cultural spirit. And I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon you. And God is not a God of disappointment. He's a God of restoration. And this unfortunate journey that you took was all necessary, even though you don't understand the necessity for it. But it's to bring you to this place of purification where the Spirit of God could put a song inside your mouth and could put a word inside your hand that you would write and you would be a creator that you would write. And you would tell your story and you'd go to many places telling your story about the great thing God did for you, how he captivated you and drew you out of a lifestyle of debauchery and brought you into a lifestyle of purpose. So I just declare to you today by the power of the Holy Spirit that God is your Father. And in looking at your history, you don't need to worry about your history because your history is in Christ is complete and your history is with the Lord. God, Jesus knew you as he was hanging on the cross. And he said, this blood's for you. So, Father, I just release the anointing on it right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I know we go through battles and journey in life is not easy. And the enemy does everything he can at different stages of life to try and um, dismantle us. But the basic thing is, the Bible says that if man falls, he raises up, God forgives him and he continues you know, we sometimes hit a road, we hit a bump, we fall over, we capitulate, we don't make a good decision, we end up in a situation, but through the process, God is faithful to restore us and bring us into wholeness. And we go through those journeys. And Kim, I want to declare to you today that from this point in time, this moment, when I saw the video of you going in the water baptism, I knew it was over. I knew the battle that for your life was over. I knew the enemy's battle came to an end. I knew the battle of your mind, even the spirit of suicide that came upon you. Today I break that power. It has no power in you. And you have a heart, a philanthropic heart. You have a heart to give. You have a heart to sow. You want to see God's people come into the kingdom full, filled with power. You've done everything you can in the natural. But God says, this time now I'm going to train you to do things in the spirit. You're going to hear clearly. God says, as you move and you make this change and this direction change, God says, stay true, stay to the purpose I've called you, and you will see the doors open for you. Your inheritance will be restored to you completely, says Lord. And the mind control that came over you today, I break the power of abuse and mind control in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. I'm hopping along here a bit today, and I'm in quite a bit of pain, but I don't care. I'm just going to continue. There's my brother in the blue shirt over there. Your wife's got a pink top on. Uh, I don't know what your name is. What's your name? And yours? Uh, do you go to this church? Are you in the military? What do you do? Okay, there's no harm in that. At least you're working. But there's a calling on your lives. I just see uh, that, and I don't know anything about you, but I see there was some conflict that was going on in your lives. 
and this stuff was spoken against your marriage. I don't know it in the natural, but in the spirit, I know that there's been things spoken against you guys. People were not happy about this union, but today I break the power of those words over you in Jesus' name. Come in, come closer to him. So, Father, I just thank you that you bless them. And there's no shame in working and what you're doing, but God has a much greater plan for you. In days to come, the Lord's going to open a door because you have a call on your life. You have a pastoral anointing. If you'd submit to God's plan in your life, Austin, God said he's going to raise you up and you're going to speak to the nations and the generations. But continue to work and do the things you do. Be faithful a little. God said, I will make you much, faithful with much. And I break the power of the spirit of poverty that's declared war on you today. I thank you today, Father, that when they get money and financing and it goes out the front door, they think, well, God, we've got no more left. That you would open up a door of provision, Father, that you teach them to be faithful with their sowing and their tithes, Lord. And I ask you to bless their family, and Father, that you expand their family, and even with children, Lord. I pray that you would do it today. Break the power of barrenness off them, and cause them to have life, I pray in Jesus' name. I just anoint them right now. And Father, I pray that you catapult them out of the circumstance into your purpose and provision in Jesus' name. And I don't know you anything about you, but God showed me in your younger days there was tremendous anger on your life. And I just want to break the power of anger right now in Jesus' name. You're pregnant with triplets. So God is expanding a boundary quite a way. And there's been a lot of worry about money, right? Okay, don't worry. Okay, just be in faith. Just be faithful with what you have. The little you have, be faithful. Don't forget to sow and tithe. Just do it. And I pray. Can I just pray over you about the babies? So Holy Spirit, I just thank you. Just put your hand on the belly for me, if you don't mind. Just right now, Father, preserve these triplets, this blessing. This is a supernatural gift, Lord. There's three arrows in one quiver. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just anoint her right now and him too, Lord. And teach them, Father, the, the blessing that you give them, a trifold union anointing in Jesus' name. And I see in days to come, I see the gift with children, with you, and with music is going to expand. Okay? So just anoint these kids right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. No sugar needed. <laughs> no packs of sugar. Uh, Deanne, I'm, I'm praying for your husband right now. And I know, I know he's a good man at heart. And I know he's busy in work, work, work. Work has become his king. But I know that there's, there's a call on your life and on his life. I'm send the word to him right now that God's going to do something in his heart. Russell, right? Russell. Man. He's a good man. Lord, you love him. You love this woman. You love their family. And I break the power of division that's come against their relationship, Lord, against their family, against the children. It's like something's trying to take him, Lord. And today I just break that thing and I just release the anointing. God says you stay faithful. You continue to serve. You continue to sow finances. You're going to break the power of that spirit of poverty that's been warring against your household and your family. And God says, I'm going to take care of you. Stay involved. Don't jump out of the process. Stay involved. For years and years and years, there was a spiritual barrenness that came. But God said, today I'm watering, this, I'm watering the soil around your roots and give you revelation. God said, you know, I've called you to be prophetic. You see things and you know things. People don't need to tell you. You see it. And what you're seeing is stuff that I'm showing you, says the Lord. Don't doubt me, God says. I'm going to do a new thing for you in Jesus' name. So I just released the word in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So I just want to declare a corporate word of everybody that's sitting here. I just want to say that the Holy Spirit
is wanting to draw you into a much more intimate, deeper relationship. It's not necessarily about the individual. It's more about the corporate thing that God's doing in the body. God's creating a family, a union between brothers and sisters in a way that is rather profound. And as I said earlier, if you take care of your brother, you'll be able to steward the city. God's wanting to build a union between you people to care about each other, to love each other, to pray for each other, to walk with each other, to make help and provision for each other. When you see your brother in need, you know, the Bible says don't just pray for him. Take care of his need. You know? It's very easy to say, well, I'll pray for your brother. Thank you. Hallelujah, Jesus. And that's great. Thank you for that. But sometimes people need some real, real needs. And, uh, you know, just praying for them is not going to meet the need. But to get down and down and dirty and walk with them and do with them and help them is going to meet the need. And it's all, the provision is all the Lord's. Everything you have is the Lord's. So I want to encourage you to become a people that are philanthropic, people that sow, that tithe, that are faithful with your time, your money, your provision, your business. Be faithful with those little things. And God will make you faithful with much. I learned one principle one day when I was in the pharmaceutical business and I was really battling and I had long trips and long traveling and long hours to do in the hot desert sun and um, God spoke to me and he said to me I want to teach you to work wise but not hard and then my radiator in my car went out and I was devastated I was upset I screamed at God and I hadn't seen a car in the desert the last 12 hours so I was stuck and God led me to a city well, I went into a hospital and sat down in a restaurant having lunch. Met a doctor who knew me from when I played rugby back in South Africa. And I walked out that day with a $1.4 million order. God interrupted my day to bless me. But if I, you know, if I just, if he said, well, turn down here and go, he knew I wouldn't turn off the main road going through a desert. So he caused the radio in my car to go out, so I had to turn down the main road. But God sometimes will mess up your day to bring you to a place that He can bless you when you're blessing someone else. So I just want to be sensitive to the move of the Spirit. Lord, let them have the ear of the sons of Issachar. Let them hear. We know that we're in the days of Elijah, Lord. We see the signs. We see the weather patterns all crazy, you know, all crazy. We see the weather patterns. We see the economics. We know what's going on in the world. We see it. And we know what's going on in your word. Lord, the two marry together, and we know that it's time. We know that the clock is ticking. We know that Jerusalem is now uh, the capital. We know that Israel is the nation that you have a covenant with. We know that our covenant is with Christ. And through those things, Lord, we know that it's time for an outpouring of the Spirit. We also know, Lord, that they were falling away. We pray you preserve us, Lord, in the Spirit and the things of God. Keep us in your purpose and your will. Let us know you intimately and personally. Let not one man or woman's life be taken without fully, fully knowing you in the way that you want us to know you. Thank you, Lord, for the call that is on the church in San Angelo, that the call that's on every heart and life here is to walk in the fullness of power and spirit and to be an ambassador of Christ wherever they go, whatever they do. 
as they stand before a broken, wounded world, that the world will say, truly those people know the Lord. I pray for reconciliation and restoration of broken families and broken marriages. Whatever spirit of delusion has come over them, Father, did I break the power of that thing right now. Thank you, Lord, for the anointing. Whatever court cases are going on out there, whatever battles are in court today, Father, I pray for supernatural favor that you will bring multiple parties to their knees in repentance and humility because the word says you should not sue anybody. I thank you, Lord, for the Spirit of God to move in San Angelo. You've done it before. We see the signs right in front of us of what you did before. We pray that you would do it again and again and again. Because you're a faithful God. And I pray that in Jesus' name. And I bless you, every single one of you, in Jesus' name. I love you. You know, I come down here often. You're my family. You're not just the church I come minister to. You're my family. You guys keep me alive. You keep me going. You're my family. I pray for you. There's many of you here that I love deeply. I don't know everyone. But the ones I know I love deeply because you've been with me and you've been faithful and you've walked, you've prayed, you've agreed with Pastor Harold and Marilyn and myself and you've continued to walk with the elders and you've done your thing. I want to continue to continue, continue, continue because God's getting ready. God's getting ready to do what? Catapult. Say the word. Catapult. God's getting ready to catapult you into a whole new circumstance. I release that on you today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Wow. Powerful day. Powerful day. You can, you can walk out these doors and not receive it and go about your life that's the way you came in, or you can receive what the Lord delivered to us today, and you can walk out here changed and change the city, change your family, change the workplace that you're at. So this, uh, this evening, this morning, before we close... I want to give you an opportunity to sow into Ron, Ron's ministry to sound the trumpet. And we're going to have, we have a basket right here in the front. We'll just use this one so for you to come and sow into. That way, if it's cash, it'll go straight to him. If you want to make a check out, you can make it to Freedom Fellowship and just put Ron in the memo. Uh, or you can make it, make it to sound the trumpet. Uh, it doesn't matter. But we want you to have a part. What we say is we like to sow into life. So uh, as the Holy Spirit directs you, y'all go ahead and um, we're going to do a closing song and give you the opportunity to come and sow into uh, Sound of the Trumpet Ministries, okay? Sure, we have uh, Growth Track to Freedom. Yeah, Growth Track uh, Wednesday to continue with that. How many guys have been going to that? It's been pretty good. We're going to continue that. And then this week, uh, Communion Call uh, with Betty and Sondra will start at Tomorrow. No, uh, tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. to 9.30, so jump on that call. Uh, that's also uh, should be on our website. Um, and then also we have Heavenly Encounters next Sunday morning. Come at 8. Uh, we, uh, the first two Sundays we normally do Heavenly Encounters, and then the second two we'll do Freedom Foundations. So really every week's different, so as Holy Spirit leads in that. And then, uh, Sondra, did you want to say anything about your uh, course real quick? Can Harold, can you hit her? While she's coming up, I remember Thursday night is the prayer movement, and it's at Martin Luther King Park. Uh, it starts at 6.30 for praise and worship and 7 o'clock for prayer. We started a mentoring class. It's once a month. 
if you want to, you didn't get to come last week on Saturday, you're welcome to come this coming Saturday as a makeup class. We're mentoring in the supernatural. Betty will be ministering on whatever God puts in her heart. We want to share you for you to come out of the anointing, move into the glory, and then move into the supernatural. The anointing is great, but if we're going to be catapulted, as we were told today, we've got to move in something we've not moved in before. So please come and join us. We would love to have you. Deliverance for, for women tomorrow night at 6. And men Tuesday night at 6. That would be with you and Sandra, or just you? In the ER room. In the ER room, just, just you and Holy Spirit. Whoever shows up. Let's get let's just give a praise a clap offering for Ron Campbell this morning.